Hey friends, welcome back to the Called to Lead podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to be continuing the topic of money because I think this is something that does not get talked about enough, especially in the business of network marketing, because if you are choosing this as a side hustle or maybe you are like me and this is your primary income, you need to make sure that you are being a good steward of the money that's coming in the money that's going out. And I'm going to be honest that your mindset is a huge piece of that. If you listened to last week's episode with Jessica Peterson, that the mindset is something that can totally make or break your financial situation. And so definitely go back and listen to that if you want her framework or her breakdown. But in today's episode, I am going to be sharing a crazy story, actually, that was like the timing I know was from the Lord because it was spending a weekend at Myrtle Beach, uh, specifically at the Broadway on the beach and how there's this fun little carnival thing and how that ties into one of the best books that I have read lately, which is called Simple Money, Rich Life by Bob and Linda Loddick from the Seed Time podcast, and which I am hoping and praying that they will come on the podcast very soon to talk more about this. But it's just crazy the way the Lord's timing worked for me to be able to share today's episode with you, which is going to be diving a little bit deeper into the mindset of money and kind of doing a little mindset money quiz and putting yourself like, which are you, A or B? (laughs) And then also it's going to be super scripture packed. So whether or not you are a believer like me, Trust me that some of the most amazing wisdom and knowledge, especially when it comes to money, comes straight from the word, from the Bible. And so what I'm going to be doing is not sharing my opinion or my thoughts on the different mindsets of, around money that you might have, but I'm going to literally be sharing some scripture of what the Bible or what God says about money. So buckle up. This is going to be a good episode that I think and hope and pray will make a difference in your life. Are you dreaming of making a long-term income and impact beyond your own efforts, but feel like you're struggling to replicate your results? I'm Heather, a former burned-out boutique owner turned top network marketing leader, and I've learned the hard way that you don't have to do all the things all on your own. Now, my passion is helping social sellers scale their business by choosing faith over fear and using simple, duplicatable systems without having to sell your soul to social media. I'm so excited to share with you simple tips, tricks, and tools to help you take your business to the next level. In each episode, I'll share faith-focused wisdom, proven systems that your team can duplicate, and inspiring stories from other leaders who have been right where you are today. Are you ready to grow your team, find joy and fulfillment, and feel free? Break out your favorite pen and notebook, and let's dive in. Okay, so as we dive into today's episode, I want to ask you a couple questions. Have you ever gotten down to the very last bit of your bank account days before your payroll paycheck comes in? I have. (laughs) Been there, done that. I shared that in an episode a couple episodes back where I was sharing my exact money breakdown, and I'm going to go into that a little bit more. Or have you ever made a super impulsive purchase with based on money that you hoped to make or that you, you know, plan to make, but the money actually wasn't in your pocketbook? or in your bank account, if you will? Or have you ever felt guilty about actually making money in your business? Maybe you feel like making money is a bad thing or evil, right? So all of these are mindsets that everyone's going to have a different thought around, a different opinion around. And your mindset can absolutely impact the way that you make money for yourself, the way that you spend money for yourself. And as I mentioned in the intro, One of the best books that I've read around the topic of money is one called Simple Money, Rich Life that I will drop 
in the description by Bob and Linda Lodick. I first heard of them on the She Works His Way podcast when Summer, I believe it was just Summer, but Summer Phoebus interviewed Bob and Linda on there. And it was just, it was so good. And so I've been watching them. I've been getting their emails. And then finally one day I bought the book. And I think the timing was honestly perfect because as I mentioned on the very first money episode in the series, I have been thinking and praying about sharing my money story for a long time. And I've honestly made up some stories myself about my money mindset and my identity when it comes to money. And so I honestly think the Lord was using some of the stories that I'm going to share with you today as a little bit of a test because the Bible is very clear that to whom much is given, much is required. That is from Luke 12, 48. And I honestly think that's exactly what was happening in this is the Lord's, are you sure you're going to talk about money? And are you sure you are ready to fully teach and equip those who are listening, which is all of you, with this? And I think the answer to this is yes, I'm ready. And I hope I passed the test. Because the test that I'm talking about was last weekend, we went to Myrtle Beach. My daughter has been playing on a club lacrosse team, which has been so fun and such a blessing. But if you or your kids have ever done something like that, whether it's all-star cheer or maybe travel baseball, something along those lines, you guys, it is so expensive. And even though my husband and I have put together an incredible money plan to tell our money where to go, and we have it bucketed down from everything to our family, to my business expenses, to even the Heather Fund Money account, which I talked about as being my favorite, we have budgets allocated for that. And when we make a decision for example, to join a sport like that, and we don't take the time to allocate the money for it, guess what happens? Exactly what I shared with you guys. We were headed into this, about the time that I'm listening to this book on Audible, we're headed into this weekend, and I check out my bank account, my family bank account, and I'm like, wait a minute, we don't uh, have enough money to pay for the hotel, let alone like any shopping money or like eating out, dinner, anything. Like we were, you guys, we were literally down, I think at that point, like under a couple hundred dollars, something along those lines. And I was like doing the math in my head. I'm like, this is not going to cut it. And so mind you, this is in our family account. And if you listen to my exact money breakdown from a couple of episodes back that, thank the Lord, we have lots of other accounts where we could pull and transfer from. So that's what I did. I wound up pulling from my Heather Fund money, which again, I have told you guys I'm a spender. So even that account was like, okay, I get paid on the 1st and the 15th. And this was like a few days before the 15th. So I was like, all right, I'm going to use that. And same thing, this was a few days before even my business account was going to get my bump from the business side of it. So I went into this weekend and I was like, okay, so this is what it feels like to live paycheck to paycheck. And on top of that, one of the things that we decided to do when we booked the hotel, which was just like, it wasn't even a fancy hotel. It was just a a courtyard by Marriott, I think it was. But we specifically picked it because it was near the Broadway at the beach, big shopping kind of carnival area that my daughter had been to last summer. And she was like, mama, can we please stay stay there or stay near there? You are really going to love it. It's so much fun. And I was like, okay, sure. So we go, we get there and... In the book that I literally was listening to the day before, Simple Money, Rich Life, they talked about the money that we're given here on earth, which if you again listen to my exact money breakdown, that I believe that everything that we're given is essentially on loan we from the Lord. So we are stewards of everything that we are given. And so in this book, he used the analogy of tickets at a carnival or tickets at a fair. And so I could not believe it when we 
stroll up into the Broadway at the beach. And sure enough, there's a carnival. And both of my daughters are like, oh, my gosh, I want to go on the crazy big thing. And my the thing that goes like this that you're terrifying. I don't know why Lawson would want to do that. But she loves that kind of stuff. She's my thrill seeker. And then my younger one's, oh, my gosh, can we please go on the Ferris wheel? And can I go on that slide and all these little fun things? And, of course, this is part of a vacation. This is one of those things that those memories that you have, and I'm sure you're like me, that you can remember times where you traveled somewhere like that with your family, and you can, and those memories are priceless, but they cost money. And so what they talk about in the book is in order to usually, if you're going to a fair or a carnival or something like that, you have to buy tickets in order to ride it. Guess what? The minute that you leave that carnival, those tickets are what? They're worthless. And honestly, that's pretty much exactly like our money here on earth. We never know heaven forbid, we none of us are promised tomorrow. Every single one of us listening, our lives at some point will be over and everything that we have will not be able to be go with us. We can't take with us, right? Now you can, of course, build build up a nest egg or a legacy for your children or your grandchildren, but even that can come, sometimes kind of create some problems, but you definitely cannot take it with you. And so in this book, it talks about the analogy of, okay, like you want to be able to use those tickets really well. If you're buying, I think we just bought maybe 35 tickets, something like that. And so we were literally budgeting out, okay, if we ride the Ferris wheel, that's going to be 12 tickets. If we do this one, that's going to be four. Okay, Mary, you and I can ride that one together. That's going to be six. And you essentially plan it down to the dollar because you don't want there to be $5 left on that. And another thing is he talks about, imagine if just here on earth, when you're given money or you're given these tickets, the more you give away, the more fun you have. So if you happen to have an abundance of these fair tickets or ones that you're not going to use, or if we had some left over at the end of this trip, how much fun would it have been to be able to give away those tickets? And so when it comes to things like being smart with spending your money or your tickets <laughs> to the carnival, or being able to afford the tickets in the first place, being able to do the math to track it, dreaming about things like riding that Ferris wheel, right? All of these things play into the mindset of our money. So I share that story as I know the timing for me was just super relevant as I was preparing prayerfully to put together this podcast series with you guys. And so I'll, I'll dive in a little bit deeper as I go through these. But basically, I'm going to be sharing a couple of five different kind of money mindsets that you likely fit into one or the other. And again, as, instead of me giving you my opinion or my advice, I'm going to tell you what the word says about that. So we're going to start with the first money mindset. And this is something that Dave Ramsey talks about a lot in uh, his Financial Peace University classes. And it's something that I know my husband and I talk about a lot. And that is the spender versus saver mindset. So the spender mindset, and that's me totally raising my hand. That's also my 14-year-old daughter. <laughs> we're the type that if the money's there, we're going to spend it, right? Or we've got the money spent in our mind before it even comes in. Or if you give us those tickets to the carnival, guess what? We're going to use every bit of it. And the saver is someone who has a hard time kind of letting the money go. So that's definitely my husband. We actually um, just decided, we, we had been trying to decide whether to replace our aging roof. And then we actually had a hailstorm where we decided to submit a claim. We actually got a, we got the claim approved and we decided to upgrade from our shingle roof to a metal roof, which is a dream that I have always wanted. So of course I was really excited. We have the money sitting there. So guess what? Guess who wants to spend it, right? But my husband was like, oh my gosh, this, why, why can't we just have a shingle roof? Let's just hang on to this money because we're going to need it for something. And so 
I guarantee if you're married, one of the two of you guys are the spender and the saver. And again, my other daughter, I have two daughters. My oldest is totally the spender and my youngest is totally the saver. So which one are you? Do you tend to be more the spender or do you tend to be more the saver? So if you spend all you have, first of all, a little bit of advice or wisdom, I do recommend having a separate account to be able to track. Like I was saying, my Heather Fund Money account, it's awesome because I know if the money's there, I can spend it. (laughs) And if the money's not, then I can't, right? And I know that things like my giving or my saving or my business expenses or my family expenses are all going to be taken care of essentially. But I have that account where I can play. And for me, that is has definitely been a huge blessing. And so Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours everything. And when you are basically spending all of your money and you're not taking it and putting it into buckets, or worse, if you're accumulating debt, which when I had credit cards, this was exactly my mindset. I viewed something like available credit on a credit card as available cash. And again, if you're an optimist like me, sometimes that's because you're like, oh, I'll have a good month. I'll be able to make it back up this month, or I'm just going to sell more of my product, or I'll hit that new rank. And so you justify it. You see what feels like a need, but really it's probably just more like an impulsive desire, and you spend money that wasn't ever yours to begin with. And of course, there's no judgment for this because that was me. I've been there, done that, you guys, okay? Which is why I still to this day do not even have a credit card. Not that I don't think credit cards can be a great resource. My husband totally does, but he pays them off every month, and he is diligent. And so just keep that in mind when you're doing it. Now, if you're a saver, and I know my sweet husband, like when we actually hit the accept button on getting the new (laughs) expensive metal roof, he was like, thank you so much for putting up with me. And I'm like, honey, thank you for keeping me in line. That's all I have to say. When you are a a saver, and especially if you are making money in business, you need to be able to treat yourself. So don't hoard all that money. That's not what it's meant to be. And in fact, this is Matthew 6.19. Uh, 619 is the verse through 21 that I want to share, which is do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you are essentially hoarding all your money, what is it for? It's one thing if you're saving up for something like replacing your roof or saving up for your kid's college fund, or retirement, things like that. But if you are just saving everything to hoard it out of fear, that can sometimes be an idol, and you definitely want to be careful of that. But also, again, in business, you want to be able to reward yourself little by little along the way. Even if it's just tucking aside like 10%, something small, just to be able to reward yourself because sometimes that reward can be what motivates you to be able to continue doing the hard things. So if whether you're a spender or a saver, hopefully that that little wisdom from the word can inspire you on what to do. Okay, so the next one, this is another Dave Ramsey special, and it's one of my favorites, is are you a nerd or are you a free spirit? So I'm totally a nerd. I'm the type that I love spreadsheets. You guys, it's so fun. Or QuickBooks, doing QuickBooks was 
so much fun for me when I had my business. I now use an accounting software called Wave. It's Wave Apps. It's totally free and it's definitely what I recommend for any entrepreneur because again, it's free. You can even have multiple accounts on there because I've talked to you guys about having multiple accounts for my business, my personal and my family and you can track all of them on there. You can hook it up to your bank account and tie everything in. But that allows me to get as nerdy as I want and I can do budgets all I want. So the minute that I realized, oh, shoot, I don't think we have enough money uh, in this account to go on this Myrtle Beach trip. What do I do? The first thing I was I wanted to figure out is where's the bleeding coming from? Why do we not have enough money in this bank account in order to make this trip? So busted out my trusty spreadsheet, my bank account, and I broke it all down. And I found that because we had spent the last few weekends traveling we had tripled our eating out budget. Again, we had hotel trips that weren't planned on there. Our gas budget was more than double. And so I'm like, okay, this makes sense. And certain other things, I think inflation has made rise a little bit naturally. And so if you haven't done your budget lately, you probably should because some of the things have likely gone up. But it made perfect sense. And I was able to see exactly where it was. So by the time my husband and I got to Myrtle Beach together, I was, I was able to be like, hey, honey, we don't have enough money in the bank account. You got that credit card? Which, of course, he's, yep, I got you, honey. <laughs> Thankfully, we obviously have the money to pay off the card. And like I said, I transferred some of my Heather Fund money to cover the difference. But if I had not done taking the time to do the budget or if I had not figured out, like, where the bleeding was lying, we really wouldn't, we re- really wouldn't know. We wouldn't know how to plan for the future. So the free spirit, you guys are like, that's my sweet sister-in-law that I'm getting ready to spend um, a week at the beach. She is an artist. She um, is a a creative spirit, but my goodness, if she had to be in charge of her budget and finances, and I know she'd be okay with me sharing this, she probably couldn't do it because that's just not like numbers and budgets and spreadsheets and QuickBooks. It's just not her thing. So thankfully, she's got both her husband and also two amazing women who are able to help her keep all of that in line. So it's okay if you yourself are not a nerd and you're a free spirit. And in network marketing, I always say to people, because I have spreadsheets for days for my network marketing business, but is that required to be a top leader in your biz- your company? Absolutely not. I'm one of the very few, I think, that, that do things like that. So you don't have to be a nerd in order to do it. In fact, I think sometimes when you are a free spirit, that's operating a little bit more in faith and you're operating that the money's going to come in from somewhere and you'll be able to spend it. But I do think that there is wisdom from the Lord for either of these, Okay. So if you are like me and you like to do budgets, and yes, everybody needs one, Ecclesiastes 11.2 says, divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. So this can be taken a lot of different ways. I actually know one time I read this as a way to even diversify your income, and I really loved that because I think that there are ways that you can divide the ways that you're getting in income. But I also love that this applies to that multiple bank account strategy that I learned about in Profit First, where if you are dividing it up, like the money system that Dave Ramsey talks about too, into seven or eight different categories, you never know what's going to happen in one of those different areas. And being able to prepare for that and be a little nerdy about that can be really beneficial, okay? So on the uh, the flip side, the free spirit can absolutely, you can be the, bring a joy and a light to your family. You're the fun ones, right? And the Lord does provide for the things that light us up. I believe that. Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So know that again, you can be a free spirit. You can totally live faith led, but maybe link up and partner with a nerd. Hopefully your husband, your spouse, or maybe a great accountant or an assistant that can help you keep you in line. So are you a nerd or a free spirit? 
Okay, next up, are you a dreamer or are you a realist? So one of the things that they talk about in the Simple Money Rich Life book that I absolutely love is instead of saying your net worth, which is your assets minus your liabilities, they actually call it your assets under management or AUM, which is essentially taking everything that you own that is basically you're being a steward of while you're here on this earth, whether that is investments accounts, maybe it's a 401k from your job or a previous job, whether that's the value of your home, you can check something like Zillow to check it out, your cars, your even if you have things like I've got my little fancy Cartier watch, things that that actually have value that you could sell tomorrow if you needed to, being able to put those on a spreadsheet will give you an accurate picture of again, what's in your realm of responsibility. And it might be more or it might be less than what you're thinking because you're going to want to subtract out any of the things that you owe. So if you've got a big car payment or if you have a you know mortgage, of course, most people do on their homes, you're going to want to subtract that out. Or if you've got a lot of credit card debt or student loan debt, really get a picture of what it looks like. Because in network marketing in particular, it's easy to dream big. And honestly, I think some of the people who dream the biggest can sometimes do the best. But I also know from my own personal experience that the dreamer tends to spend the money before you get it, at least in your mind, but sometimes literally spend the money before you get it. So a lot of times what this looks like is people will plan on their best month, right? Like they have that one six-figure month or that one time they made $1,000. And I talked about this in my exact money breakdown a couple episodes back, that instead of planning on your best month, or looking at like your highest income, or worse, an income that you haven't even hit yet, a goal, or maybe you've looked at your income disclosure statement, and you're like, okay, I'm going to hit this rank by the end of the month or the end of the year, and then I'm going to be making XYZ. So then I can afford to buy this car, or I can afford whatever this is, right? If you do that, and you're a dreamer, you can set yourself up for financial failure. And a lot of times those dreams aren't necessarily grounded in what the Lord is really ready to give you right this minute, okay? James, I love the book of James, and James 4, 2, and 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So we've already talked about that if you delight yourself in the Lord, that he'll give you the desires of your heart. And if you ask him in due time, in his timing, not in your timing, he often will give you those dreams, like my metal roof that I've always wanted. But If you are getting your money and you're wrongly spending it, or if you're not going to be a good steward, essentially, of what you've already been given, how can you expect him to give you more? Or how can you expect the Lord to basically entrust you with an abundance beyond that, okay? So just keep that in mind that a dreamer can be a good thing. I know that because I am one, and it has definitely served me well, but it's also hurt me in certain cases because it can be really tempting to spend beyond what you're actually making. Or if you're not, again, planning for things like taxes or planning for the unforeseen. Again, as an optimist, that can be a little bit tricky. Now, on the flip side is the realist. And I put the, I called it the realist. I was trying to think of if there was another word, but I I think realist is good. But they have a hard time seeing what's possible because they're focused in the reality of what's, what they're experiencing right then. So their current reality. So sometimes, Like that might look like 10 days into the month and looking at your paycheck or your team sales and you're like, oh gosh, this is not good. I think I've told this story before on this podcast, but I had a sweet leader one time that was like, gosh, my 
everything, my income and my sales are so down this month. What's going on? I had such a great month last month. And I did the math in my head and I was like, I don't know that's actually true. And so we did the math. We took where she was about 10 days into the month. We divided it by 10 days and that gave us our average of the each of the days in that month so far. And say there were 30 days in that month, we multiplied that daily average by 30. And actually when she looked at the numbers, she was trending to be about 20% up for the month before. But she was looking at what that number actually said on the 10th of the month. And she was focused on not only the reality of what was there, but the more negative side of it. So I always recommend you do want to be grounded in reality Absolutely. But is it really reality? (laughs) So do the math, what you're actually on track to do, and do measure that. You can compare it to the last month. You can compare it to the last year. And don't make up stories about whether it is a good thing or a bad thing. Know that no business, there's not a single one out there that's always going to do this. There's going to be cycles. There's going to be months. There's going to be economic factors that you have no control over. And so being a realist can be a good thing, but just make sure that it's totally actually based in reality when you're talking about your income or your what you've got going on, okay? And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that it is at work within us. So if you have given your life to Christ, you have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I've already talked about on this podcast that He will give you everything you need. He's going to give you every idea. He's going to give you every person, that little whisper in your heart to reach out to someone just to check on them. Maybe it's a team you haven't talked to in a while. And he's going to give you every bit of money that you need to provide your needs. And sometimes when you're a good steward, he will give you more and he'll give you an abundance. So that immeasurably more, sometimes for the realist, can be a little bit hard to picture that you could even make more than what you're doing right now. But if you continue to do the right thing with the money and you handle it well and you are generous and you're saving and you're being a good steward, watch what he can do because it can be really amazing. Okay, so the next one is, are you in the mindset that money is evil or are you in the mindset that money is everything? So you've probably seen this from either yourself or on your team where there are some people that are like, give me all the money, honey. I want to make as much money as I can. And I'm not shy about that. And they've got big goals for days. And they like for them, like the whole purpose of doing their business, it's all about the money. And then there are some people that look at making money as being an evil thing or it's making it's maybe like they feel guilty about making money. And a lot of times the money is evil camp is coming from a misunderstanding of what scripture actually says. So a lot of people say that money is evil because of scripture, but that's not actually what the verse says. So 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So what is that talking about? It's talking about greed or idolatry and putting the dollar over the relationships or over doing the right thing or over your integrity. And in network marketing, you're going to have those choices. You will be, every single one of you will be presented with something where you're going to have that tested to where you're going to have to make that decision to either be greedy and choose the money over maybe the person or over the relationship in order to get what you want. And again, depending on the choice that you make, that choice can impact the future gains that you might get from it from the end. So is making money bad or evil? No. Is having a desire to make more money bad? No, because 
having more money just makes you more of who you already are. And money is completely amoral. It's something that is just an exchange for a service. So you wouldn't have someone come put a roof on your home and expect to do it for free, right? No, the roof costs money. Their time costs money. They're legit hanging off a cliff. So you spending time sharing your product that is not free with someone else and then paying for it and you getting paid for that is not a bad thing. In network marketing, same thing. We make money from helping other people win and win big. And the more people you help win, the more you win. And that is a beautiful business model, but sometimes people can feel guilty about that. But if you're spending your time and energy showing someone how to make money in their business, why shouldn't you be able to make money from that? So making money is certainly not an evil thing. It honestly just makes you more of who you are. So if you're doing it based out of greed or you are doing it from that love of money and we've all seen what that looks like, okay, then absolutely it can be a little bit of a bad thing. But if you're more in the money is everything boat, know that you probably are not going to be given more until you've been a good steward of what you've been given. So Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And y'all, I see this all the time in network marketing, even with leaders that I love and adore. They'll say the same leaders that, you know, would have a goal just for, they could never dream of making $20,000 in a year. And when they're making, I've literally heard him say only $20,000 in a month, they're disappointed because they're comparing themselves to either maybe something that they've made prior. Maybe they made $40,000 in a month, or maybe they know someone else at their rank who's making $50,000 a month at that rank. And again, this scales all the way back down to 2,000, 5,000, anything like that. I know leaders who might have been making a certain amount at another company come over here and make more But yet, because they're not making as much as they hope to be, or again, they're not making as much as their highest check, they're disappointed. And that's that money is everything mentality. And honestly, the Lord is going to give you everything that you need to survive and to thrive and to want more than that. Again, is it for the love of money or is it truly because of something that is is tied to a deeper purpose for how you're going to actually use that money? Okay, so just keep that in mind that It's always, if you have that mindset at $2,000 or $20,000, imagine what that's going to be like at $200,000. And whoever has, uh, loves money, never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And that's a lot of times why you'll see even famous people or famous singers or actresses and things like that have a hard time with that because the money is never enough to satiate or satisfy their desires. So money's not a bad thing. It's the love of money. That's the summary um, from what the word says, okay? So then finally, are you a giver or a go-getter? And the giver, and actually there's a great book called The Go-Givers Sell More that honestly, I don't think it's necessarily a a Christian or spiritual book, but there is a scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, that says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything that you may have an abundance for every good deed. So that's a lot of words, a lot of big words, but essentially that's like going back to the ticket example for the carnival. 
it's really fun to be able to give away your tickets. And so what does that look like in network marketing? First of all, it can literally look like giving with your money. I talked about this in the money, my, my exact money breakdown, how I do recommend that you give 10% of your income, you allocate towards that to giving or more. I, I tithe 10% and give that back to our church, but I always aim to go above and beyond the tithe. In the book, Simple Money, Rich Life, they talk about they actually give their age and they actually track this on another spreadsheet. So they're nerds like me, I think. And that on that spreadsheet, they call it net given. And they literally track anything and everything that they're physically given from the money that they're earning. And it makes earning more money fun. So that can physically be giving away literally money from the money and the abundance that you're making. But sometimes it can also be given giving away your knowledge. So I have experienced that in our company, and I've heard that this is not the norm in network marketing, but what we have experienced on our team is when someone finds something that's working, whether it's a specific strategy or maybe it's something like a project broadcast landing page bundle or a campaign that they're using or a Visly party template or a boards app, like basically board where they've saved some things, they share it and they share it abundantly because if it's working for them, having it work for someone else isn't going to take away from it working for them. And there's nothing better nor nothing more fulfilling than being able to give a little bit of idea or strategy or a physical tool to someone and have them be able to experience success with that. And so how can you be more of a giver? And there's nothing wrong with being a goal getter or a go getter, if you will. But sometimes in this business, it can be more about what you're going to get from something versus more than what you're going to give. You see this, like the pie is like something that there's like a limited amount, or you'll say, oh, the market is like saturated and I'm just going to get and I want it all to be myself. Just remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that straight from the words of Jesus, Acts 20, 35 is where that comes from. So you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So can you receive a lot from this business model? Absolutely. Does that mean that should be your goal? No. Go-givers sell more. They do bigger things here. So know that you can be a goal-getter, but if you focus on giving, you're going to get so much more of a blessing from the fulfillment side that can be sometimes even bigger than the financial side. And sometimes the financial side comes too. So guys, I hope this kind of helps you with this scripture packed episode to break down your money mindset and how it's serving you in your business, because it can be holding you back in certain ways from the growth and the dreams of where you want to be. Or if you focus on changing some of the, the ways or the dynamics or habits or partnering up with other people who maybe are stronger in these areas, especially your spouse or your husband, just sit back and watch and see what the Lord can do using this business, knowing that he's got you, that he's the provider, and he's going to give you everything that you need to do his will in this world. So thank you guys for listening and for watching, and I hope you all have a beautiful week. I'm so grateful for your time with me today. Feel free to check out heatherkburge.com for all the scoop on all the things. Also, I've got a huge favor. If you found any value from today's episode, would you mind leaving me a quick review? Or even better, share with a friend by clicking those three little dots at the bottom of your screen. Sending you big hugs.